Hi, and welcome to the Ballyhoo Bridge podcast. You know, most of us are looking for success and happiness in our lives, but often getting there and showing up as your true, authentic self is an individual journey of self-discovery and healing, especially when building a solo business. Whether you're running a business or on a spiritual journey, in order to take the next steps, growth has to happen, doing the inner work. To show up as the real you, you need to know who that is. In this podcast, we want to talk about marketing and business and spirituality and mindset, and it's all geared to help you grow and reach your goals, no matter what those are and no matter what your background is. We're going to explain the jargon, clear up misconceptions, and discover we're not all so different. We'll bridge the gaps between what you think you know and what you think you don't. Let's dive in. I have a question for you guys. How many of you have been thinking about starting your own business? Maybe you have something you absolutely love to do and you want to create a little side gig and make some extra money. Or maybe you need to replace a full-time gig. You're looking to do the thing that you love and the thing that lights you up. And I love hearing when people want to do this. I think it is so fabulous and so wonderful um, having your own business and really having that opportunity to give yourself the life that you love, the life that you deserve is just amazing. And I'm so happy for people that decide to do that. I do have a question as you figure this out. Beyond the idea, the initial idea that you've come up with, how far have you planned or sort of thought things through? Are you at those beginning stages figuring it out? Basically, do you know what now? You know, I know a lot of people that they come up with their idea and they're going ho and they're ready and they just jump. They just leap and start it. They make the cupcakes. They make them for friends and family starting out. I've seen people have ideas for coaching courses that they just put it out there and people take it. They have success with it. And it's an approach that works for a lot of people. I've taken courses where you're taught how to launch a course, to launch your business. It is absolutely viable and a useful approach. For some of us, however, like me, (laughs) it feels a little bit backwards. It's kind of like a ready, fire, aim kind of feeling. I'm one of those people that I feel like there needs to be planning before you leap. So I find just sort of jumping off a lot more difficult. Now, mind you, you're no less gung-ho about it. You're, You're still wanting to do it. You're ready. You're excited. But you find yourself kind of freezing. Have you ever done that? You're unsure of what to do next. So you find yourself frozen. Now, this is where that first approach can be helpful. It forces you to do it. You do it messy. You don't worry about perfection. Um, I took a course with Kathy Heller one time and she would say, be a C student. You know, don't worry about being an A student. Just put it out there. And obviously there are valuable lessons that you learn from that because you learn what goes right, what goes wrong. 
um, so that you can start to sort of make notes and know what to do next time. You also learn things like it didn't have to be perfect. The world didn't end. You didn't fall flat on your face. You can do this. No matter which personality type you fall under and which choice you make to start your business, I still believe that you will reach a point where you have to consider your next steps. And that can be confusing, especially if you don't have a good foundation in place for your business. So what does that mean? Well, I actually think there's a lot that goes into planning a business. I think you need business plans and marketing plans and all those things. However, I also understand that that can be a bit overwhelming and that it can look like a monster sized to-do list. I also will concede that not every business needs every single duck in a row, every I dotted T crossed before they open the doors. Some do, but I think it depends on the type of business. My experience again has been with solopreneurs and small businesses. They can take things a little more one step at a time, but there are still certain things that need to be in place. They are important. They are what helps you know your business. It's the basics. There are four questions I ask every client that I want to work with Because I need to learn about that client's business for me to help them grow. But I've also found that you need to be able to answer these questions as well. They are essentially the core of your business. Now, I don't want you to get overwhelmed or concerned about figuring all this out. You can break this down into bite-sized pieces. You can create action items to get these done so that it's not so overwhelming. I know it feels like a lot to do. But what's the saying? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So figure out one step at a time, one action item at a time. And let's start with the basics of what you need to know for your business. These are the four questions I believe are vital to answer. What's your why? What problem does your business solve? Who is your ideal client? And how will you generate income? Let's start with what's your why. We actually talk about that in another episode. So feel free to go check that out if you want. But what is your why? Is it money? Is it fulfillment? Is it your love for helping others? Is it a desire to make the perfect cake for someone's events? Can you answer it? And then are you ready to own it? Because your why is the core of your business. It's what you're building everything around. It's the thing you love. It's the thing that lights your soul on fire. And I'll tell you, you may say it's making cakes, but I suspect that at the end of the day, It's about the reaction you get from the person that gets the cake. It's being a part of the wedding. It's giving them the exact thing they wanted for that wedding day or for their baby shower. I know for me, yeah, I love doing business and marketing things and being creative. But at the end of the day, for me, 
I do this so that people are successful in their businesses. I want that end result. I want that transformation that they have when their business is successful. Now, it's been my experience that people that go into business ventures that are only about money don't always succeed. Money money can be found anywhere. So I feel like your why needs to be a little deeper than that and needs to be really tied to who you are and what you love. Look, the cold hard truth about this is that running your own business is not all rainbows and unicorns. Just because you no longer punch somebody else's time clock doesn't mean you don't have to work. And there's no one to save you. You save yourself. You make the decisions. You're CFO, CEO, IT, you're everything. And sometimes when you're in a valley, it's hard and it can feel soul sucking. This is why I say you need to love it. Look, I'm not saying that business is all gloom and doom, okay? Don't think that. It can be wonderful and fulfilling and give you everything you dream of. That is absolutely true. But when you lose your way, your why is where you return to. It's the thing that keeps you centered. It's your lighthouse. It's your beacon. It's your core. Now, what I recommend doing to find your why is journal it out and really know the answer. Go through all the reasons that you're doing this. Now, if you find yourself only listing things you hate about your current situation, I highly recommend that you turn those to positives. Instead of, I hate this, say, I want this or I will do this. Make them I want, I will statements. At the core of all of that, you will find what you love about your business idea and your why will start to emerge. Next, what problem does your business solve? We kind of talked about this just a touch there with your why. What's the transformation? What are you giving people? What problem do you solve? It can be a literal problem. It can be for entertainment. But there has to be a reason that it exists. Are you a bookkeeper that makes accounting for a small mom and pop business easier? Do you make the most beautiful bird feeders that are the perfect gift? Are you a coach that helps someone find their purpose? What's your purpose? Have you dug deep and found it and understood it? Maybe you're a fitness coach who shows women the best exercise and diet practices for their body types and their busy life. For me, I help solopreneurs get unstuck and find their next steps to move their business forward. I find a lot of times people just need someone to walk them through their action plan or create an action plan. They think they don't know how, so they get stuck. They get frozen in inactivity. That's where I come in. So what's yours? Do you know? Has anyone ever asked you for your elevator pitch? Have you heard of an elevator pitch? Maybe I should explain that just in case I'm a little bit old school. Basically... Let's say you meet someone in an elevator and they ask you what you do. 
can you answer before you reach your stop? You should be able to. You should be able to articulate what you do in just two, maybe three sentences in a way that leaves the person you've been speaking with with a clear understanding. From there, they decide if they want to move forward in working or perhaps shopping with you. If your answer is, well, and then you launch into a 10-minute short novel, you'll lose them. Plus, if you don't know what you do, how can you expect people to work with you? If they don't understand what you do, they're not going to come to you. You need to understand you first. Now, of course, this is another journaling exercise if you like. I suggest start to write it out. List all the things you do. Then figure out what shingle you're going to hang on your door. The shingle doesn't list everything you do and that's okay. You just start with the shingle. Someone who's a general surgeon, you get the idea. You don't need to know every surgery they perform. They don't need to know every modality you use as a coach. They just need to know that you're a business coach that gets X transformations or helps X people. So narrow it down, wordsmith it a bit. Try it out on people. Do you have friends or coworkers or someone that you could try it out on? Say, hey, I want to tell you this. Tell me what you think. Now, when you start to articulate it, guess what you've done? That's actually your mission statement for your business, which is one of the first things you need for a business plan. So maybe a business plan isn't that hard after all, huh? So figure out what problem you solve. Number three. Who's your ideal client? Again, write it down. And I did not realize how much I said that, but it's true. Write it down. You want something to refer back to. That's why I'm always saying write it down because you will forget. So write it down. Give the person a name. Give them a job. Do they have a house? Do they have kids? What kind of music do they listen to? Where do they shop? Make them real. Now, if you have more than one, make more than one profile. That's fine. Most likely, as a solopreneur, what you're going to do is choose one to market to. But it's still good to know the others if they exist. So now, why do I want you to do all this? Why do I want you to know them so well? Because if you know who they are, if you know how they think and how they act then you're going to know where to find them. It also gives you an idea how to market to them because you know who they are. You know their pain points. You know how to speak to them. I'm going to give you a quick example. Let's say you have Annie is a middle-class mom with multiple kids who is lost in a full-time job. She's gained weight. She's feeling her age. She wants to get in shape, but needs ideas for healthy meals that won't take too much time or budget. Family friendly would be even better. She needs friends to keep her accountable. And of course, you could do more as far as, you know, she shops at 
TJ Maxx and Target and, you know, she loves a good bargain, those kinds of things. So who does that person fit? Are you a beach body coach? Are you a healthy food blogger? Who's out there that could help Annie create healthy meals for her family? This is the start of your girl. This is the start of your ideal client. Now, more times than not, what I find is when people start to really figure out who their ideal client is, more likely than not, they are going to be similar to you. So I would start there. Number four, how will you generate income? This one I find is a little tricky. I find people get hung up on what to charge. They start to feel like they're not worthy of charging or they feel like people aren't going to pay that much, but they will. Look, this can be as easy as an hourly rate or it can be a package. It can be for a course. For instance, a bookkeeper that can work from home for multiple businesses could either establish an hourly rate and then track those hours or they could offer say monthly packages where they will do set tasks in that month for x amount now remember when you're creating packages you need to consider the entire scope of work that you will offer and list it I can't stress this enough. Don't undersell yourself. Your rate needs to include how long will the work realistically take you, the experience you bring to the table, your expenses. Because look, if you've left your full-time gig, there's no longer somebody else supplying the printer ink. That's up to you. And it adds up. Also, Maybe research what other people in your field, in your market are charging. Kind of what will the market bear and what can you expect? Maybe it's time to raise the bar. My rate's a little higher. Let's say you're making cakes and it costs $20 for the ingredients. Now look at how long does it really take you to make it? Think about the baking time, the decorating time. Let's say four hours total. And hear me, I do not do this at all. So I have no idea if this is even in the ballpark. I'm just trying to give an example here. Um, so what's your hourly rate? Do you make $50 an hour? So that comes up to $220 if that's the case. Now, of course, there are certainly other things you may need to consider. How intricate is the design? How many colors of icing did you need? How big is the cake? What I'm hoping you're gathering here is count everything and then see where you arrive for price. From there, you can make adjustments if you wish. But hear this, your price is your price. Never, ever apologize for it. You don't need to justify it to anyone. You are worth it. Your work will prove it. The people who are meant to work with you will come. I want to say one more thing, though. This is actually hard for me, too. Pricing is one of the most difficult things I find that I do. There's knowing your worth and there's pricing yourself out of business. To me, it can be a fine line and kind of hard to determine at times. 
I truly believe that if you offer quality work, people will come and they will pay. But I also think you have to be reasonable as well. There's kind of a balance to all this. And you may have to sort of play around with things like pricing a bit to figure out what works. I'll say this too, and it may sound a little odd, but sometimes price can add value. If I see a coach offering six months worth of coaching, once a week meetings, and things like that, but they're only charging me $100, and then I see another coach that's offering the same thing, but it's $2,000, how often do you look at that and go, why are they only charging $100? Maybe they're not um, as good as I think they are. Maybe maybe they're not going to give me the value that I want out of that. Does that make sense? You need to price something for the value. So don't undervalue yourself when you're figuring out your price. The key in all of this is to figure out how are you going to sell your product or service so that you can determine if your business is viable. When you start charging, your hobby is no longer a hobby. So make sure you're okay with that. And know that it's okay if you're not. Every hobby you have doesn't have to become a viable business. Sometimes a hobby is just a hobby. All I ask is that you be honest with yourself when you're answering these questions. Don't be afraid to erase and start over. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I understand it may feel a bit silly at first, but I promise if you trust the process of journaling these things out, you'll start to see your true thoughts come out. And then you'll start to see patterns that start to emerge and they give you a better picture of what you want. Journaling can be a powerful thing if you kind of lean into it and let the words flow. The answers are there. You just have to trust yourself. You know what else? Now that you're done answering these questions, you actually have some of the basics of a business plan in place, which is a big part of keeping your business on track. So bravo, way to go. Now, if you're struggling, you're stuck, don't worry. There's folks like me that are out there to help. So don't give up. You've got this. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it helped you in your journey in some way. Make sure and like and rate and do all the things for our podcast. We really appreciate it. And of course, check out the show notes for links and any other important information. If you're looking for guidance in your journey, head over to ballyhoobridge.com. There you can choose a time for a free 30-minute clarity call with me. In the meantime, Don't forget to take care of yourself. We'll see you next time.